in today's show, it's time for a first look at the waiver wire. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LockedOn. That's PrizePix.com. Promo code is LockedOn. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. This is the first full waiver wire show of the season. Um, I have a few little segments that we do here, but I am always going to be open to suggestions of things that you would want covered because you know, we're going to talk about 30 different players in today's show, whether they're ads or drops. And you know, during all the recap shows, we talk about ads and drops and most added and most dropped players. We talk about this stuff literally multiple times every day, but... People do like to focus in on a specific waiver wire show. So if there is something that you want done differently, um, put your ideas out. Drop it in the comments below. We'll see whether it makes sense to me to fit it in or how it works and everything else. But I'm always going to be open to those sort of new ideas. So we will get into talking about the uh, the old waiver wire right now. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. The voice is coming back. Let's look at the most added players over the last 48 hours. Now, some of this will be due to streaming, but some of it is also because you know, I'm giving it the 48-hour window. It's just showing the moves or the ideas that people are having with your rosters. Now, this does not mean that you need to follow what everyone does because, as we see quite often, sometimes people that make moves in bulk are not necessarily correct. Sometimes this, the suggestions that I make aren't correct. This happens in fantasy all the time, and we're going to talk about that with a few of these guys today. The most added player... Over the last 48 hours is Lonnie Walker. Now, some of that is because the Lakers are playing today, for sure. Some of that is because he went off last game. Some of that is because he plays for the Lakers. I'm not 100% convinced that Lonnie Walker is going to be a must-roster player. In fact, all I have to do is look back to, I don't know, say, opening night to see that he's not. You know, There's going to be ups and downs. And you'll see with, look at the first four, five names on this list. Six out of these eight guys on this list, they're shooting guards. Those guys get hot. And then they cool off. It happens all the time. Big games, and they drop off. And a lot of it is is predicated on scoring. And people love a big scoring number. So therefore, oh, they've scored well, let's add them. And then you see that it falls away. So just be aware of that. Kevin Herter, the second one. I, I like Kevin Herter more than Lonnie Walker. I don't think his upside is particularly high. But what we have seen in Sacramento is that Herter is the guy. Like we thought, oh, how are the minutes going to go? This is why I was very down on, say, Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk. But I thought that Herder might play 28. I didn't think he'd be playing 30-plus every night and Monk would barely play and Mitchell would see his minutes cut dramatically. Like, there's a clear starting group there. And that helps Herder. His upside's not particularly high, but he is an okay ad, I think. Malik Beasley, who isn't starting in Utah. And this one, I'm not really behind. I get it for streaming purposes. He can be a nice points and threes guy. He's pretty empty in other areas across the board. And with Sexton and Clarkson and even Conley, you're getting into that mix there in Utah. I'm not sure that 
there's enough value in him, even upside-wise, to be considered a must-add player. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, wow. He's a guy that I often criticize. Hey, look, he's a really good player, but the fantasy value is low. And then he's gone crazy the last two games. Maybe that's what happens when you play next to Nikola Jokic. That's, that's definitely possible. I'm not really sure that I buy this level of scoring output from KCP. But he's a guy that can produce. He can hit some threes. He can get some steals. He's got a rock-solid role. We know that. And his rock-solid role, and again, one of the things I talked about in the offseason, hey, the fact that they brought in Bruce Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope doesn't mean there are 28 minutes for Bones Highland. And we're seeing that. We'll talk about him soon. Um, yeah, KCP's not a bad ad. I'm not sure his upside's high, though. Maximum Derek White. I know that his upside is high, but it's not high in this season. White was fantastic on Saturday for the Celtics, and I know that he can do this because you know that I've talked about Derek White as a really good fantasy player in the past. I think some of the value that White got in that game was because Al Horford was out, so they needed more of White's defensive presence out on the court, and that meant that he played significantly more minutes than, say, Malcolm Brogdon. In the first two games, it was like an even split, but the assumption from me and all Celtics people was that White would play significantly fewer minutes and Brogdon would be the guy getting the minutes, and it hasn't worked out that way at all. I know that, that White and Brogdon can both be really good permanent fantasy producers. It's just going to be who he's going to get the minutes. And at the moment, it's White. And he's got a great fantasy profile, so go and add him. I'm not convinced on it. And I think last game was a bit of a mirage. But hey, he's good. Try it. Um, Dennis Smith, that's a great one for now. Rogier is out. Ball is out. You ride Smith until the wheels come off. Simple as that. Kelly Olenek, yep. Yep, Absolutely. He might, at some point, they might remove him from the lineup, but or they might trade him. But as I've said quite a few times, I, I am not convinced that Olenek is blocking Walker Kessler. I think they're playing them completely different positions, and Olenek's backup is Rudy Gay, meaning that there's no pressure from Walker Kessler coming in and taking Olenek's minutes. And I think that is something we need to be aware of. Maybe that's wrong. But to me, they're playing Vanderbilt as the center and they won't want to play Vanderbilt and Kessler too much together as a combo. So that is something to watch. And then the other mercurial shooting guard is Terrence Ross, who with Suggs out, with Fultz out, with um, Harris out, he's playing huge minutes. I've never really seen this from Terrence Ross, ever. But the role is obviously there. His competition, RJ Hampton and Caleb Houston, are bad. So you want some points and threes? Yeah, I would rather him than Lonnie Walker. I would rather him than Malik Beasley. I'd probably rather him than Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Maybe not Kevin Herter because there's longer-term value for Herter, but yeah, add him now. The minutes are gigantic. I, I, honestly, last season, him and Gary Harris, they just alternated who played each game because he was out of their plans. And now with everyone out, he's going crazy. It's not gonna ha He's going to be inconsistent. I, I'll assure you of that. But it's been a really, really good start. It's also a great start if you love price picks. Because if you want to play daily fantasy, sometimes it is not ideal to play against other people who are so experienced and they're going to be in there and you know, they're going to be dominating. But with price picks, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks goes out there and puts out a projected number for, say, Terrence Ross points. They might set it at 15, 15 and a half. And you go, oh, more or less, easy. They might set it for Kalilinic rebounds at four and a half. You go, okay, more or less. And you go, easy, I'll get more. So what you do is you find between two to five of those different lines that you like, you push them together, and that's it. That's your entry. And you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. It can be done in under 60 seconds or less. It is available also in over 30 states and in Canada as well, but it's not just basketball. You've got the NFL, Major League Baseball, 
NHL, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, college football, disc golf, European basketball, cricket, T20 World Cups on at the moment. So if you, there's prize picks um, over-unders for that as well. Other sports that I've never even heard of, MMA, boxing, golf, all this sort of stuff is available on Price Picks. It's so fast to do, it's so easy to do, and it's so fast and easy to get your money when you win. So head to pricepicks.com, download the app, or go to pricepicks.com, and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you put in 100 bucks, Price Picks gives you 100 bucks. If you put in 50 bucks, Price Picks gives you 50 bucks. So don't forget you got to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Let's look at the most dropped players now. Um, the most dropped player is John Conchar, which was a little bit reactionary. Two big games, one stinker. I think that he is worth holding as long as Dylan Brooks and Zaire Williams are out. Generally, he's been a really good fantasy stat accumulator. They just got pumped by Dallas, so he didn't really get the opportunities. He's not a great player. He's not a great guy you want to hold long-term. But while those guys are out, I wouldn't be that, that quick to drop John Conchar, personally. This guy, yeah, no worries. One, two, three, four, five. You know that I was massively down on him heading into the season. I said, I don't know where the minutes are going to come. And I didn't anticipate Bowl playing ahead of him. But Bowl is. So see you later, Mo Bumba. 12 minutes a night isn't going to cut it. On a Sunday, when you're looking to stream in maybe some blocks, by all means. But I'm not holding it. Just wait. Just wait till they bench Wendell Carter. Um, then Bamba's going to play. Just wait till they stop playing Palo so that Bamba and Carter can play together. Those two things are just not going to happen. So therefore, he is Wendell Carter's backup. And with Bowl in the mix, there's no point for Bamba. Bye-bye. Bones Highland. Yeah, I alluded to it already at the start of this show. Yeah, the, the assumption, again, Pete, there's, and this is something that happens time and time and time again in fantasy. And you feel like the Grinch when you talk about it. Now, I, I do like Bones. I thought he could get 22 a night pretty easily and he'd be some really good value on nights where Jamal Murray sat. Uh, that, absolutely, and I'm wrong, wrong on that. But there's like, oh, they cleared out Monty Morris. Will Barton's gone. It's time for Bones. You know, I had to be at pains all the time to go, yeah, but they brought in Bruce Brown and Catavius Caldwell Pope and Jamal Murray returns. So it's probably a net, negative situation for Bones. And it happens all the time. Well, man, I'm going to hold this guy because when this other player gets traded, um, it's going to be great. Yeah, but what if someone else comes back in that same position? You don't know who's coming back. You don't know what's going on. It's happened with um, Jalen Brunson. He's going to be the number one usage guy in New York. Well, not so much. Monty Morris, man, he's going to go through the roof. He's not playing next to Jokic. Yeah, not so much. All right, so we always have to, people are, and that's great that people are super positive, but in order to establish fantasy value, we need to look at all sides of things. And the fact that Barton and Morris were gone, it was great, but other players came back. And Bones is stuck in a role that is worse than last season. So, big stiffy, I'll say goodbye. Maybe he'll pop up at some point later, but when you look at the rotation, the role just isn't there. And now you've got Christian Brown in the role in the rotation as well. Ah, see you later. Jalen Duran, I do not agree with this at all. Don't know why he's being dropped. Yep, last game wasn't great. I don't care. Just, that's it. Just, I don't care. Hold him. It wasn't a bad game. He had, I think he still had two blocks. Absolutely hold him. Ayo Dasunmu. After game one, my pessimism on Dasunmu looked stupid. Right, He looked great in that game. But my thing on him had always been, how is he going to, even last season when he played 35 minutes a night, how is he going to 
he wasn't a top 150 player in that time. Like, how was he going to get the ball enough or get enough minutes with Dragic and White and Caruso all pushing for his playing time? And then game one, he looked great. But he still is getting 13% usage. And now Levine is going to play some of these games, apparently. And Caruso and White and all those guys are going to cut into his playing time. I do not think there is upside into Sunmu. I think that he can be a solid on-court contributor, but I don't think that there is any uh, or enough fantasy value for him to be held onto. So I agree, get rid of him. And the same goes for the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be quiet. I'm hunting he was horribly overdrafted, Caruso. He was getting picked around pick 100, even after Desunmu was announced as the starting point guard. Caruso is a steal specialist. There aren't enough minutes there for him to be useful enough for 12-team leagues. You get rid of him. Dorian Finney-Smith, this is one that I'm in favor of. Finney-Smith has struggled, and he was never a guy that I would have suggested drafting in a 12-team league. There's just not enough upside there. You don't take a swing on a guy whose best-case scenario is 140th, and he's really struggled out the gate. Now, he will improve from where he's been, and he'll have definite streaming moments. For example, like this week with Mavericks having four quality games, Finney-Smith is actually really solid to use, but on the overall longer-term view scheme of things, his, long, his long-term value isn't there. But So if you want to drop him, I get it. But for this week with the four games and the four quality games, there is a little bit of validity, in fact, a lot of validity, in holding on to Finney Smith just because you get to play him four times this week. Now, that might not amount to much, but imagine he has at least one good game out of those four. And the other one there is Bruno Fernando, who started out on fire and then struggled in game two and hurt his knee. And then well, I don't know where we sit now. But it does appear that Shingun is not going to be a starter, which I, I do not understand what Houston is doing, but that's fine. But Fernando should not be a 12-team league player, in my mind. He just don't, there's not enough upside there. He's not good enough as a player. He'll pop occasionally, and all, most NBA players will, will pop at some point. But the thing that changes our opinions, if you pop in the first game that, that they're there, then we have this image burnt into our heads of that's how the value is going to stick. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. But I do think, and I do know, that BetOnline.net is your number one source for football and basketball betting for this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. It's all over there at BetOnline.net. We've got a game today. We've got lots of games today, actually, in the NBA. The Suns and the Clippers. Back-to-back for the Clippers, but Kawhi returns. And they are underdogs at home, the Clippers. One point against the Suns. I, no, I don't think so. That's a weird one. I know that they sort of struggled against the Lakers. They sort of struggled against the Kings. But the Suns haven't blown me away. It's a weird line. One point underdogs, the Clippers, at home today. Go and have a look at that at Bet Online, which is your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. And don't forget, please, gamble responsibly. Let's look at some must-roster players. And this list is bare at the moment because I think people have done a pretty good job of not allowing some of the guys who I think should be on rosters to slide through. It's been People have been pretty good with it. But two players who are available in lots of spots, in over 50% of... of actually, well, actually, that's not true. In over um, 30% of leagues... And I just don't think they should be floating on any wire. And that's Khalil Nick and Patrick Beverly. Yes, they're not sexy names, but they're guys that consistently produce fantasy category value and consistently get left on the waiver wire. I think you should look at your roster and have a look that these guys, if they're available, they should be on those rosters. Now, Beverly is going to be someone who's not for everybody, but his ability to get rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks is super valuable. 
Melinda can just do basically everything. And if it wasn't that foul trouble in that first game, everyone would be all over this. Like, he is a guy to have. We are going to do at some point a um, like a jacked off list where people, where these are guys who are held and need to be dropped, but it's a little bit early for me to do that at this point. Like, there are, I could have had a couple of names like, you know, Andre Drummond is rostered in far too many leagues. Someone like James Wiseman is rostered in like 95% of advanced leagues. But much like with Finney Smith, the value for Wiseman comes this week with the four quality games. I don't think that he's anywhere close to being a must-hold rest of season. But we are going to do a segment like that. But these two guys stand out to me, Beverly and Alik, as guys who need to be rostered, who are still available in quite a few spots. We look at... Some players who have played well to begin the year who are available. Grant Williams. Now, one thing with Grant Williams is two of his three games have been 100% shooting nights. And I think we all know that he's not going to be that. He hasn't played... He's played 30 minutes once in the game that Horford was out, 24 in the other two. I think he's totally okay to have on a 12-team league roster. I'm not, I don't think his upside is massive or through the roof, but he is someone you want to have a look at. Jalen McDaniels. He's shooting the lights out as well, and he's a top 100 player. To begin this season, I, I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. And if you are looking at rankings with turnovers turned on, he's going to skew. Because I don't think he's had a single turnover yet. He's going to skew to be like the 40th best player, which he clearly isn't. All right, so he, his numbers look good, but they're skewed by some high shooting. I don't think he's someone to look at. Max Struess is an interesting one. Two really big games, one stinker. The thing we have to remember with Struess in the Heat is that Oladipo has not played. So Struess has got 30 minutes in two of those three games. He's played really well, and I don't mind him as an ad, right? But with Oladipo coming back, Oladipo is 18 to 20 minutes if he comes back. I th- By the way, don't tell anyone. I think Oladipo's finished. Um, but Oladipo will probably come back and play some minutes, and they'll most likely come from Struess. And that'll cut some of his production down. But if you want some points and threes and you miss out on the Terrence Ross or KCPs or Malik Beasley's, then Struess is obviously an option there. And the other guy, while Darius Garland's out, I really like the Discman, Sidi Arsman. He's going to get in improved minutes. He's playing pretty well. He can score. He can get some threes. He can get some steals. He can pass a little bit. He's, an, he's a name to look at. And then lastly, just some other names that I thought were worth looking at in some of the most added players that are available. These guys are available in some leagues, and this might be your beginner beginner leagues or shallower leagues or whatever, but these are not even 90%, close to 90% or even 80% rostered guys. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Yeah, what are, you, what are we doing? Absolute must roster player. Walker Kessler is available in lots of spots. And as I said, I, I don't think he takes over from Olenek, but even in the 20 minutes a night that he's getting, he's really good. And he should be on a roster. Jalen Noel is an interesting player. I've really liked what Noel has done. Now, that's probably more a 14-team league player, but his ability to score, get really good usage coming off that bench, I've been super impressed with him. And if anything happens to a Russell, but more importantly to a Edwards or even a McDaniels, I think Noel has real pop-off ability. Denny Avdia, he's starting. That's more of a 14-team league guy. His ability to get some rebounds, some assists, and some steals. Might hold him in good stead for those deeper formats. Dylan Wright's an interesting name. He's outplaying Monty Morris every game. He's a very good steals player. He's a very good NBA player, let's be fair. And would they be better with him starting? Maybe. He's not as good of a passer as Monty, but he is a pretty good all-round player. And I do not... There is a possibility of a point guard switch at some point, or that DeLon continues to come off the bench and play 27 minutes more than Monty. Not 27 more than Monty, 27 minutes a game, which is more than Monty. So, yeah, Delon's someone you can grab. Benedict Matherin, I, I bring his name up because he's rostered in like 70% of leagues. No, no, it needs to be 100. Now, I don't 
really even care that much whether he starts or not. In fact, I think starting for him might not be as good of a thing as we think because if he does start, that means that Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton will be taking shots, whereas in the bench unit, he does everything. At some point, he is going to have a bad stretch. It is going to happen. He's not going to continue to be a 52% shooter every game, although at the moment, it feels like it. But he needs to be rostered in every league. And I don't know who's listening to this who doesn't have him rostered, but please go and grab him. Karis Levert absolutely is a rosterable player until Garland returns. The part of the reason I didn't like Levert this season starting as to Garland and Mitchell is how did he touch the ball? How did he get usage? Well, one of those guys is gone. Garland's gone for a week. He might be back next weekend. So Levert is the guy that you want. And then the last one is we don't, we don't know how long Scotty Barnes is going to be out after hurting his ankle. But Achua is the guy, the big sneeze. He's the guy who's going to start. He had a double-double last game. So we add him. And we might get decent value for a week. It might be a game. It might be a month. I don't know how long Scotty Barnes is going to be out. Apparently, it's not super serious. He's currently listed as questionable for Monday's game. But we can add Achua, and we might get that one game out of him. And that might be enough. But this is definitely enough for today's show. As I said, you subscribe. You hit the, I didn't say this, but I'll say it now. Subscribe. It's a great way to help out the show if you're here on YouTube. But also, tell me if you want something different on the Wave of Wire show. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, you know what to do. You subscribe, you subscribe, huh? No, that's me confusing subscribe and thumbs up. Do both of those things. Leave comments. Guys, we're done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.